Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. What's with the uh, raised hands? Just, just doing a little stretch, but I'm also kind of confused because I forgot my headphones, and so I don't know when the <laughs> intro music is on uh, or not, and so I'm kind of afraid to speak, but also... <laughs> like yeah, I'm, I should have given you a countdown. Sure if, we're, if we're recording right now. We are recording. <laughs> we are recording. I was pretty sure. Um, <laughs> you saw the big red button yeah, that I saw says the big record. Red button. Yeah, so I don't know, a little stretch. We'll stretch after the weekend. We'll yeah, what'd you do after, this past weekend? After, uh, you mean besides like pour my heart and my soul out for uh, the people of this church and for the universal church? Um, I went and played golf yesterday, and <laughs> the first few holes were as if I had never touched a club. It was amazing. Really? Like, do you know what a shank is in golf? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Who yes. Else would I be asking? Yes, I know what a Audience. shank is. How how do you think I don't know what a shank is? I don't I don't know. Like some people don't know golf terms. Okay. Um so for those of you who don't know, a shank is when you hit it off the shaft uh of the club instead of the club face and it shoots straight right at like a 90 degree angle. Um it's the most devastating type of mistake. And it's always hard to figure out why you did that. Um, and sometimes you just get the shanks. And it's actually kind of a bad word. Like people are afraid to get all superstitious about it. Don't even say the word. Um, really? Yeah, because they just they just descend upon you. And mm. you can't break their grip. Um, <laughs> and then they go what away. Is this like the heavens opened <laughs> up. This is my beloved son who I'm well yeah, pleased. Like That's what I'm thinking of. of. Right. Um, so this happened to me for like the first three holes. It was horrendous. And then I started to gradually like drag myself out of it. And I shot something like 15 over on the front nine. Really bad. And then I shot four over on the back nine, which is pretty solid. Um, so by the end of it, I was like, I'm the greatest golfer in the world. <laughs> drug just, yourself out just, of the shanks. Just forgot how great I was at all this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a. It was fun, but it was kind of rough. Very nice. Very nice. So I want to follow up on the St. Joseph question because mm -hmm. it, it kind of piqued your interest when we initially had it. And so um, one of our listeners said, hey, you guys did this awesome episode about Mary. Why not talk about St. Joseph? You know, right. he has one of the coolest names, Terror of Demons. You know, one of that. And I, I just wanted to, I mm -hmm. thought it would be good to get some reflections, general things. I mean, as a priest, obvious, I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of priests have devotions to St. Joseph. Yeah. Maybe because of the celibate aspect. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure if that, aspect. yeah. Um, but I wanted to touch on St. Joseph and see what your thoughts are. You know, why is he a saint that we should research, look into? Um, I mean, jump to jump right off the bat. He lived with two perfect people. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I can't imagine that. I mean, Nikki can, she lives with me. 
<laughs> but there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, I think we really. I don't hear many people bring that up. Kind of undersell St. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't he only just recently added to the canon uh, for Eucharistic prayer? Yes. A few years ago by Benedict, right? Yeah. No, it was a few years ago by Benedict. I'm trying to think historically. We're close. Me and Benedict, we call each other. Yeah, Benny. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, I'm on a nickname basis. I'll go drink Fanta with him sometimes. Is that what he likes? He's you. If you were that close, you would know. Yeah, he he's he's got this thing. He would pose for some pictures with like a beer stein in his hand. Okay, because you know German and like right. How funny the Pope with beer. Um, but he didn't drink at all. Like he didn't like that it clouded his mind, um, even a little bit. Mm. And so like the thing that we like about beer, he was like, I don't like that. <laughs> and so he wouldn't drink any alcohol, um, and. So orange Fanta, which is different in Europe than it is in the States. Like Fanta is not that great here, but in Europe it's amazing. Um, it's in the glass bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes the cans. It's like the Mexican um, Coke. But like the thin can. You yeah. It's got real like sugar. Here. Yeah. Yeah. It's just legit. It's like that. So he's a Fanta guy, but I digress. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so, so yeah, the question is think? like St. Joseph, what about him? Yeah. Um, like, why should people have a devotion? Why should they look it up? Why should they research it? You know, yeah. like, what what's your go-to? Do you personally, you know, have a go-to for St. Joseph? Uh, okay, so St. Joseph is somebody that I didn't naturally have a devotion to. Okay. Um, just going along seminary, but someone I always felt like I should have a devotion to. And I'd be like, man, that person has a devotion to St. Joseph. Like... I should do that. That looks like a good thing. Um, and so it's it's always been kind of like a, something I'm growing into, that friendship, which I think is a cool way to look at, right? That's what we mean when we say devotion to a saint. Um, we mean growing in friendship with them. And we can't forget, you know, that they're more alive than we are. Right. Um, so that's a friendship that's been developing um, over time. And the thing that I do uh, consistently now is every Wednesday I'll pray the Litany of St. Joseph. And sometimes I'll chant it and it's got a really cool tone to it and stuff. Nice. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison, Christe audi nos, Christe ex audi nos. And then it starts. You're welcome for that. Yeah, everybody. Thank you. If you subscribe to our premium <laughs> section, you'll be able to hear the rest of the Litany of St. Joseph. That would be that would be awesome. We have talked about wanting to do okay so little it's so much easier to sing into a microphone when i can't hear myself this... like i would i would have been so self-conscious if i'd had my headphones in <laughs> at just like how trash it sounds um, we can tell our listeners this is probably for those who watch on youtube the last like time mm. you'll ever see us in this room because right. we're under a building project here at saint anne's this is the youth ministry conference room youth ministry was supposed to be moving to a new area with children's ministry that area has been delayed because of a flooring and air conditioning delay and so we have to move into this big open room 
And so now we are in search of a podcast home for our next episode. Right. Big. And we're taking your donations. So, <laughs> yeah, all that is to say is in our future podcasting area, it would be cool to like have our fat heads up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or I like, I don't know, some sign that says prodigal. And I have a coffee mug that says prodigal. Some and like, then you have one that says priest. Mm, finally, Wouldn't that be cool? Finally acknowledging which one's which. Yeah. I mean. Mark that time. We're, 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 <laughs> we're switching it up. You know, 237. Like, we're all priest, prophet, and king. There it is. Through our baptism. And prodigals. There you go. So back to St. Okay. Joseph. So you pray the but I you pray the litany. Yeah, so I pray the litany. It. And I think that that's actually a really cool place to start. Um, if you're like, man, St. Joseph, I want to get to know him better, get to know like what the church teaches about him better. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the litany of St. Joseph, you have a bunch of titles. And so it'll be like... Um, Patron of the Universal Church, pray for us. Terror of Demons, pray for us. He has some pretty huge names. They're cool. I'm going to look them up because I can't remember because I pray in Latin. Um, so you don't know what you're praying? <laughs> no, I know what I'm praying. I just <laughs> don't have the same memory recall as if I sang it in English. Well, let me ask this while you're looking it up. Because many people ask me and say, why do we put so much stock in a saint that we can't like quote, oh that never quote, said anything. yeah that never said anything in scripture <laughs> well i mean there's kind of a beautiful meta reflection on that which is like mm, meta yeah no i mean it's like okay he didn't yeah. say anything so what does that tell us um and that tells us that he was incredibly humble and he was nervous because he lived with two perfect people he's yeah. like if i even open my anything mouth anything i say is going to be wrong downhill <laughs> um and so he's got this sort of like silent protector, provider, guardian, right, um, and spouse kind of uh, thing going on. Okay. And so, like, I think that's a beautiful reflection right off the bat. Is uh, especially for for men, right, and for fathers of families, and also for priests. Like, mm-hmm. what does that model for us? Right. Um, what can we learn from Saint Joseph? Yeah. Um, so like some of his titles, uh, renowned offspring of David, right? Remember he's of the Royal family. Uh, shout out David, shout out David. What's up? (laughs) Light of patriarchs. That's pretty cool. That also ties back to Joseph. The, sorry, (laughs) say his name. Like it's going to make a big distinction (laughs) to Joseph. Like in old Testament. Yeah. Yeah. Technicolor Um, dream coat, Joseph. Yeah. Who became the, like uh save like Israel second, from the famine second in charge all, yeah. over Egypt, basically. Um and there's a lot of typology there between him and like the new Joseph. It's really mm-hmm. cool. Um which real which that Joseph in the Old Testament, there's also typology between him and Christ yeah. sold into slave you know, all these things. Yeah. And so then it's Get into it. then it's Joseph in that same aspect. But yeah, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um spouse of the mother of God, like it's a pretty big deal. Pretty big deal. Chaste guardian of the virgin. Like a different spin, right? Spouse of the mother of God. We're talking about, you know, Mary both times. Yeah. But he's the chaste guardian of the virgin. And that that brings up all of this like uh, tabernacle and Arch- Ark of the Covenant um, mm. typology. And 
uh, diligent protector of Christ, head of the Holy Family, and then it starts listing off his virtues. Joseph, most just, Joseph, most chaste, most prudent, most strong, most obedient, most faithful. So, like, as a starting point to reflect on, like, who is St. Joseph? Like, yeah. let's let's look at this um, litany of St. Joseph and take it to prayer and reflect on those things and be like, like, how do I imitate those virtues? Yeah. Um, mirror of patience, lover of pot, poverty, um, model of artisans. And, okay, you can read the rest. Yeah. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you. The Terror of Demons is awesome. Terror of Demons, it comes right at, okay, right so, at the like, end. Okay, so where, where do you think that comes from? You know, I don't know exactly, but... Because it's kind of like, interesting. Like, like all saints who who live like an extreme purity of soul are in some way a terror of demons. And you can see that with mm. people like Padre Pio and St. John Vianney, for instance, like this deep purity of heart um, that's incorruptible um, by the wiles of the evil one. And so the evil one starts to rage against them. Right. Um, but through this, purity of heart which is our how would you say it um our sort of touch point with the grace of the holy spirit um like you become a terror of demons they flee before you um because they're terrified of christ and when you mirror christ in your life um it's the same thing so I don't know where exactly that comes from though. Like when I don't know much about the history, that would be an interesting thing to look into the history of this litany. Has it taken different forms? Was this uh, particular title added at a certain point? Right. And so we can start to pinpoint when that aspect of the devotion was coming around. Um, I know a lot of the litanies are sort of medieval because in the middle ages, there was this deep habit, especially in the monasteries, of reflecting very deeply on the scriptures, just being completely immersed in the scriptures and in the interpretation of the scriptures by the church fathers. Right. And so you start to get this like distillation of things mm-hmm. into where where like you take all of that beautiful treasury of revelation and uh, kind of channel it into a creative out output yep. um, and that starts to look like a hymn to our blessed Virgin Mary or like a mass setting composed in honor of the, um, of the, the most holy body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist or a litany. Uh, also not to go too far off track, but like sequences. Um, we have these things called sequences for certain seasons of the church and so, like, the Diaz Ire, for instance, is a sequence that uh, you'll hear at a funeral mass very occasionally, depending on where you go. Hmm. But it's beautiful. It's this beautiful poem. Right. Um, the Victime Pascali Laudes is the one that you hear on Easter and during the Easter octave. Um, and... Victime Pascali Laudes Imolen Christiani... So easy to sing when you're I can't just, hear myself. You're in just my ears. going for just it. Go, today. This is the singing like, episode. Yes, um, <laughs> that's going to be the title. The singing episode. <laughs> Done. Um, 
I have a scripture question when you're done this point. Okay. So these sequences, like these are pieces of medieval poetry, that same sort of like you've been steeped in the scriptures and now it overflows into some creative work. Right. Um, and by the way, the, the end game here is like, that's also what a litany is. Um, like most of them are composed as sort of uh, like creative outlets, distillation, clarification of different attributes after being steeped right. in all this. But sequences, just to finish that point, like they are an outgrowth of the Alleluia. So you would be singing the Alleluia, right? Like, Alleluia, Alleluia. And then there would be an Alleluia verse that you could chant, and then you would sing Alleluia again. Yep. Um, but like that same sort of creative impulse that kind of overflows from like a being filled with the love of God, now it overflows into something poetic or something mm -hmm. artistic, um, overflows into just like freestyling off of the Alleluia. <laughs> so it would be like, Hallelujah. And then like and then someone does a good job with it and you're like, I want to write that down. We need to keep that one. And then you put uh some of this poetry over top of it and it becomes mm. a sequence. It's an outgrowth of the Hallelujah verse. Nice. Um sequence just means the thing that follows. And we have like the Pentecost sequence, all those exactly. different things. Yeah. 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 Love it. Creator Spiritus and so uh I love, I do love the one that Curtis wrote for Pentecost, yeah, the one nice. here. So if you've if you've never been able to hear that, maybe we'll, it might be on our past live stream. If people go back to Pentecost. Actually, they might be able to yeah. hear. But yeah, anyway, be able to see it. Uh, okay, okay, so scripture question. Yeah, you're the scripture guy. That's what they call me. That's <laughs> no one calls you that, but that's great. <laughs> no one. <ever>. Um, <laughs> so the only thing I've heard when people bring up kind of Joseph not in a good light is this scripture verse. And I want your opinion on it because I'm sure oh, there is language. Matthew. Matthew 1, 19. Joseph, yeah, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet willing, excuse me, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, decided to divorce her quietly. Yeah. So St. Joseph, terror demons, a guy we hold up in, in very high regard in the church, People are like, you hold a guy who's going to divorce somebody. Oh, uh, that's the objection? Like the divorce objection? I, I think people like that. Okay, he was just going to. He's like, okay, he was a righteous man. So we hear that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. But he was going to leave her. He wasn't going to take care of her, right? It yeah. wasn't until he's kind of bullied in a dream mm -hmm. to say, take marriage. <laughs> <laughs> the and angel Gabriel. Down. <laughs> but. That's at least what people have come back to me with. I yeah. don't know if you've ever heard that objection, the d divorce objection. Uh, I mean, I can see objections coming up from that verse, but it seems like there's a couple of them. Okay, so but, what do you got on Matthew so, one nineteen? So this is what I got. I'm looking at it in Greek right now. Great. I'm the scripture guy. That's You're what the they call scripture me. the scripture guy. That's what they call so, no Joseph, Joseph de Hoener Altes, on kamethelon alten, Okay, so first of all, I would say the translation that you read. It, Terrible. It, well, whatever. It's, it's fine, but it, it makes a contrast between being just and uh, not wanting to cause her. Uh, wait, could you read it again? Because, Absolutely. Uh, 
Um, Joseph, her husband, since he was a righteous man, yet unwilling to expose her to shame, divide, mm-hmm. d- decided to divorce her quietly. Yeah, I don't like the yet there. Um, because in Greek, it's being a righteous man and uh, not being willing uh, now there's a little shame her. little star down here that says a righteous man as a devote a devout observer of the Mosaic law Joseph wished to break his union with someone whom he suspected of gro- uh, gross violation of the law this is in the footnotes of the mm. NAB okay now I don't know I mean you're the Bible guy I'm the Bible guy NAV NAB is not your favorite translation it's not my cup of tea uh, the notes <laughs> often are are actually quite good. Um, sometimes they do things that I like. Sometimes they don't. That's kind of true of every translation. So and then um, I just wanted to toss out this other point yeah. that says it is commonly said that the law required him to do so, but the text usually um, given in support of that view, um, for example, Deuteronomy 22, 20 through 21. That gives so, him permission to do so, but doesn't require him. Yeah. And there's different rabbinic interpretations of how strict that exactly. is. Exactly. But okay, so here's the thing. Um what I see in this text looking at the Greek right now is that being righteous, dikaios is how you say righteous. Um dikaios. Yeah, dikaios. And like that's a huge word that comes up in St. Paul like in letter to the Romans and stuff. Like that's what we're talking about, righteousness. And it means being someone who fulfills the commandments. Um like that's what being righteous means in the Old Testament perspective. And then St. Paul's like, boom, grace. It's all by God's grace. Whole theology of righteousness. Right. Um, but here I see being righteous as specified by saying, not wanting to expose her to shame. Degmatitsa, disgrace. Um, right. So Because in that time, true... Uh, true or false usually wasn't the punishment like being stoned to death could be or no was is that Man. do people love tossing things like that out to just I make it more no maybe okay I, I don't know um but okay first we need to understand something about jewish marriage which is like mm-hmm. when you're betrothed you are considered married but you do not move into each other until the spouse builds a uh house and then you have a after a big party for many days, then you go on this, they like carry you in procession to the house. And that's where we get our gospel from last weekend, which is you have the bridesmaids yeah. waiting with lamps and stuff for the arrival at the new home mm-hmm. for the, the bride and bridegroom. And then they consummate the marriage. So they've been married legally under the law by being betrothed, but they have not yet consummated the marriage until right. they move in together. So they're not at that stage yet. They're, Very different they're than engagement, betrothed. which people Very like different to say. Than engagement, like, oh, they're which engaged. Is like, you know, it's like, we're serious now. We're going on this, but there's not a legal obligation anymore to engagement. Right. Um, so I don't see this as painting St. Joseph in a bad light at all. Okay. He's trying to prevent her from being disgraced. And so taking the steps necessary to do that, and he's doing so as a righteous man within the bounds of the law. Um, And 
the reference to Deuteronomy, what is it, it's 20-something? Uh, 20, let's grab it. Like that's 22, 20 through 21. Yeah, that's that's a useful reference there. That's that's where, okay, so when... You want me to give it to you? I, I know more or less what it says. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I'm the scripture guy. You're the, you're, you're the Bible guy. Come yeah. on. Um, so when Jesus says, like, Moses gave you permission uh, because of your hardness of heart, but I tell you in the beginning it was not so, like, mm-hmm. this is what it's talking about. And it's giving um, a clause for infidelity is how a lot of the rabbis would um, interpret this. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go ahead and read it? 21 through 22? Yeah. Okay. They shall bring the young woman to the entrance of the father's house, and there the men of her town shall stone her to death because she oh, committed not what a I thought you were talking about. shameful crime by guy. Israel <laughs> by prostituting herself <laughs> no, in the father's house. They shall purge <laughs> the evil from your midst. <laughs> you just let me walk all into that, huh? Yeah, scripture guy. Uh, I thought you were talking about a different verse in Deuteronomy where it talks about the... The like writ of sending somebody away when they're unfaithful. Um, okay, making this overly complicated. Um, the, <laughs> the divorce is not a concern. That's divorce, what it boils down to. Yeah, the divorce here is an act of mercy within the law, which is not. Uh, okay, how to be delicate about this? All right. Um, so. Under the new law, right? When Jesus says, you know, but I tell you in the beginning, it was not so. Um, That's the law that binds us as Christians. Um, And that means that divorce and remarriage uh, is not a thing. That's what that means. Um, That if you are married, then you are married forever because in the beginning it was that way unless your spouse passes away or unless it's proved through an investigation, which is what the church calls an annulment, unless it's proved through an investigation that that marriage never happened in the first right. place. Right. Um, so that being said, um, there can be reasons where uh, one should separate from one spouse, like in case of abuse, whether it's physical or whether it's um, uh Emotional, emotional, verbal, um, like those can be uh, legitimate reasons, and the catechism will say this, for separation. Um, Where the church, and and so like that's kind of the sense of apolusai here, which means to send away. That's what Joseph's doing. He's sending her away because of the scandal. It's going to cause her to be disgraced. Um. If she stays with him in a different way, then like it's going to protect her somehow. And I don't fully understand how that is, but I'm going to take the, you know, the gospel's word for it. Um, Good. Yeah. Well, she would be accused of like basically of being unfaithful um, either to him or um, unfaithful to the tradition of not sleeping together until uh you had moved in right um and had been formally married in that sense right uh so which maybe i'm right about the stoning deuteronomy i mean you found that deuteronomy thing <laughs> how how strongly it was enforced is a totally different thing. exactly but, exactly um but there's something in deuteronomy 
Yeah. So anyway, I don't know if that's clear to everybody who's listening. I'm kind of working through this as I go, but like (laughs) what I see in the Greek is that like him not wanting to expose her to disgrace is a specification of the way in which he's righteous. Um, It's not opposed. And so that yet word in uh, the NAB, I think is a bit misleading, not the worst translation ever. But it makes it sound like they're what opposed would be the somehow. Worst? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, uh, it makes it sound like they're opposed, and I don't. I'm not seeing it in this. This looks like something that that you may even be able to argue for as an epexegetical chi. Mm. Chi is the Greek word for and. It also means things like also. It can mean a couple different things. Um, but when you have an epexegetical chi, it's something that explains what came before it, and. I don't know. I think that's a very reasonable interpretation of this verse. There you um, go. That Joseph is just and that justice is what motivates his actions. But then through the dream, uh, he's given more facts mm-hmm. um, that it's not because she was unfaithful. Right. Um, and so, uh, you know, he, he obeys what the angel told him. All right. One sentence. Why should somebody have a devotion to St. Joseph? Because he is one of the best role models for a father you could ever look for, you could ever find. Awesome. Um, I think it would be kind of cool for, you know, uh, watching, reading, thinking, if we boil it down to just say, any any good um, books you'd recommend on St. Joseph? I haven't read it, but there's one by, I think it's by Father Michael Gately. Um mm. It's like a consecration to St. Joseph book. And I've had several people come and tell me that they did that. I think kind of Lentish during Lent or so or over the summer this year. I think it's a pretty new book. Mm-hmm. And they really liked it. And it helped them really discover for the first time uh, a devotion to St. Joseph and be able to get beyond the silence of the scriptures. <laughs> um, but in in a good way. There's one I read. It's called, I jot down the title. What is it? Truth about St. Joseph, Encountering the Most Hidden of Saints. Um, so, yeah, I, I enjoyed that one. Um, I think, here's the deal. It, it shows that you don't have to be necessarily a man or a woman of many words, mm. but of great actions. When the Lord steps before you and asks something of you mm-hmm. to in in all humility, follow that and trust in the Lord. Beautiful reflections that we always see on Mary and her trust and her fiat and her yes. There's a lot of that with Joseph as well. Mm-hmm. The trust in the dream to get up, to take Mary, his wife, take her in, you know, to lead them on a donkey. He had to walk the whole time. They rode, mm-hmm. you know, like all the things that he encountered and did. It's just a beautiful devotion. Both my mm-hmm. uh, brothers, my older brother, younger brother, have a huge devotion to St. Joseph. Uh, I know it's been instrumental in their life, and I, I just can't encourage it enough. And and especially in our society, just add this in, with trouble with addictions like pornography, things like that. Like Joseph as somebody who is a, ch- mm. a model of chastity. chastity. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. Huge, especially with the amount we can get on our phones nowadays. So yeah. Any last thought? 
Uh, I want to issue a retraction for the book that I said. <laughs> different author, different title. Great. <laughs> um, what I was thinking of is Consecration to St. Joseph, subtitle, The Wonders of Our Spiritual Father, by Father Donald Calloway, not mm. Father Michael Gately. Okay. They write similar kind of books. Yeah. Uh, they're both great. So if you, yeah, you know, I met Father Michael Gately one time, but a uh, long time ago when we were both seminarians. There you go. But that's a story for another time. Um, yeah, I want to affirm what you said. I can hear you playing the outro music. I Not think. yet. I'm about okay. to. I uh, want to affirm what you said about um, St. Joseph and his help for those who are struggling with purity. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a really important message. And I want to quadruple affirm what you said about our phones being this like dangerous portal for evil <laughs> to come into our our house yeah we'll do, we'll do our next episode um, called phones dangerous portal of evil for evil so get to know saint joseph yeah. and this book consecration to saint joseph although i have not read it i've read other stuff by this author um yeah it's by father donald calway and i've heard enough people that i trust tell me this was a really great book and it nice. introduced them to saint joseph in a way they never had before uh, so I recommend it also to you. Awesome. Going to the outro music, so you now know. What? So, uh, I can't hear it. <laughs> uh, sorry about our mic issues, everybody, but uh, totally thanks for fault. joining us, uh, Prodigal and the Priests. Make sure to submit those questions. Hope you guys have a great week. Take care. God bless.